0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back <clears throat> to another episode of the Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 92 of the Informed Catholic. It's going to be a little something different. We're going to do an article uh, from Christianity Today, and it's about the chosen. Um, what makes it interesting here is that, I don't know if you're aware, I'm sh- uh, the um, chosen season three put season, uh, episode one and episode two in the theaters. And so far they've actually, uh, held second place. They've made by now it should be way over $10 million. And this is basically season three, episode one and two and i went to see it a couple of days ago it was really fun it wasn't a packed theater uh there were some um christians sitting in the back and you can hear them they're really involved in it you know um you know churchgoers uh you can hear it they and it was great it was it was fun seeing them on the big screen because it's a small screen and there have been some articles um there was also a YouTube channel, a guy who was reviewing, uh, who, who was a, a movie re, uh, critic and reviewer, and he was bothered by it. He was bothered by it because it's second place right after Marvel's Disney's Wakanda Forever, which I'm not going to go see. It's, uh, I'm, it's three hours long, right? And... It's basically uh, the main actor passed away. He died of cancer. Uh, You know, may God bless him and may he rest in peace um, and grant him mercy. Um, And the film, uh, it doesn't have the same. I've seen the first one. I saw the first Black Panther movie. Um, Honestly, it was way over the top. You know, I mean, it's basically Afrofuturism and there's a lot of like, if you really sit down and pay attention to the film, you know, there's a lot of inconsistencies and I won't go over it because that's not here. Now I'm not not here to talk about the Black Panther, but the important thing is that here you have a, a, a religious subject matter, Christian subject matter, a New Testament story on the big screen. And this critic says, when he found out what the chosen is, that it's about the life of Christ, he he said this very nasty thing. I almost vomited in my mouth. Like, why? Why do you have to say something like that? If you don't care for it, fine. I would respect if you say you don't care for it, but you don't have to say something so ugly and vulgar that you almost vomited in your mouth. So it knocked the menu to third place. Um, it also knocked She Said, which uh, the menu is about food critics, and I think it's supposed to be a horror flick. I'm not too sure. I know that She Said is about Harvey Weinstein, who was a sexual predator. And it's a Me Too movement movie. It's about the New York Times reporters exposing Harvey Weinstein. Then there's also a film called Smile, which is a horror flick, right? A supernatural horror flick that got pushed behind. And The Chosen, in some areas, held second place. In in other areas, it fell to third place. I went to see it at the Regal at 14th Street, Union Square at 12 o'clock noon. There wasn't a lot of people in the theater. Okay. It was during the middle of the week. I think it was a Tuesday or a Monday. I can't remember one of those Tuesdays. And yeah, so it's, it was, it's, it's holding second place. Uh, We're going to see after this, this holiday week, uh, God willing, it's a success. They... They managed to raise money for the second season and that was easy for them, you know, through the app and people paid it forward. And now um, they raised money for the third season. That was a little bit difficult. You got to remember, they were, they, they sort of got attention during the pandemic shutdown. They released the first, the first season through YouTube. Then they had came up with the chosen app. And then finally, like you have, if you have a smart TV, you can get the chosen app very easily. All you have to do is type in the chosen or angel studios and you can download the app, register on it. You don't even have to do it through your phone anymore. That's the great thing. Before that, you had to register it on your phone and then download the app so that they could recognize each other. Now you don't even have to do that anymore. And the good part is you have access to other shows now. Basically, there's even another show called Testament, which is a British show. It's an alternate reality imagining that the gospel came in modern day, that Christ came in our modern world. It's very interesting, like an alternate universe, You know, kind of using that Marvel DC comic book alternate universe. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, it's it's great. It's great the fact that you're having this now. That you're getting that you're getting this sort of um, creativity. Um, Dallas Jenkins. Uh, he's uh, the son of the famous author who wrote uh, the Left Behind series. You know about the the last days with the Antichrist and persecution, and you know. There's criticisms and there's also positive things. I think these things you can go both you can go either way. Uh, I personally think it's uh, of course it's for more from an, ev- an evangelical Protestant perspective, and Dallas Jenkins is an an evangelical Protestant. Uh, but we Catholics, Orthodox Christians, and Protestants, we all believe in Christ. And I personally think we should all remember that, that it's Jesus Christ who we believe in. We may disagree on doctrines. We may disagree on dogma. We may disagree on some interpretation. But we all know that Christ is our salvation. Christ is our Savior. Christ is Lord. We declare him to be Lord. And I think that's the important thing about it. Um, yeah, we may disagree on sacraments. We may disagree on intercession of saints. We may disagree on, uh, purgatory. Um, you know, we may disagree on the rosary. We may disagree on certain prayers that, but in the end we, you know, we could all, um, we all find our place with Christ because Christ is our ultimate, uh, goal. Jesus is the center of our faith. Jesus is our identity. Jesus Christ is our identity. Salvation in Christ is our identity. Christ is our, our redeemer. Christ is our, our, our hope. That's the most important part. And I myself, um, would describe myself as, as, as an evangelical Catholic you know um what i mean by is that um yeah i'm 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 a catholic i believe in the real presence of the eucharist uh i believe in in the uh the rosary i pray the rosary and also i also believe in 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 being familiar with Christ through the Gospels, through the Scriptures, you know, I I believe that, and I believe that we should study the Scriptures more, because, and also I believe it brings us closer to Jesus in the Eucharist, the real presence. You know, I think, you know, I mean, personally, I'm a convert. I come from a Muslim background. I was never a practicing Muslim, but I come from a Muslim background and I'm a convert to the faith. And converts tend to approach things a little bit more differently than those who, uh, Catholics who were born uh, in the nest, so to speak. So anyway, um, I really believe that this show has been a blessing. It's sad that it has not got enough traction with Roman Catholics, with Catholic uh, Christians. It should get more attention. Um, and I, I have to say honestly, I mean, since my entrance into the Catholic Church, um, what's his name from? Uh, he used to be with Taylor Marshall can't remember his name right now, but he he often refers to um, himself and other Catholics as orf, uh, parish orphans. I have to say honestly, I totally agree with that. I, I would describe myself as an, a parish orphan. Um, since my since I came into the Catholic Church, I have never had a really good home parish. Um, there's, I've never experienced a good, healthy parish community, uh, living in New York city. I think it's impossible. I, I used to go to, to our, our lady of good counsel in Manhattan on the East side it was a struggle to go there. Sometimes I would, I went to, um, uh, St. Ignatius Loyola, which is down the block from, uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, where I work, and then um, at 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 some point, I uh, used to go on Sundays. To uh, when I used to have Sundays off at one time, and I have Sundays now off. Um, I used to go down to my old neighborhood to Saint Catherine uh, of Alexandria. Um, mm-hmm which is a Catholic, uh, uh, probably used to be an Irish or Italian Catholic church. Unfortunately, you know, the neighborhoods changed through the years. And again, there was no community there, no parish community there. And now on Sundays, I go to, uh, the, um, Basilica Regina Paci, uh, beautiful Basilica, beautiful Neo, uh, Italian classic Romanesque style. Um, unfortunately, there's not even much of a uh, much of a parish life there. In um, usually these Catholic churches, like in Brook in Brooklyn or the outer boroughs, it's broken up into um, ethnic groups. Uh, you have the dwindling Italian American group. Most of them now are elderly people, right? Very. I mean, you have some young, but again, everybody's in their own pockets. The Chinese are in their own pockets. The Hispanic community, the Latino community, is in their own is in their own pocket. And there's nothing else. There's no uh, much of a. Uh, there's not really a healthy, uh, spiritual, uh, faith culture, faith community. I don't want to use the word spiritual. There's no real healthy faith culture or faith community There's not even any, any adult outreach program or adult, uh, continuing formation program where people can gather together and talk about the faith. There's none of that exists. And this is something that you'll see in every parish, unfortunately, in in New York, in the outer boroughs. You might go to upstate, maybe it might be different, but there's, no, there's nothing that, in a sense, could help encourage and foster and continue to form the faith of, an, uh, of, a, of a young adult and an older adult Catholic. They don't have that. They don't have that. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because there should be. So, it's an article here from Christianity Today. And it's uh, titled here, uh, Where Angels Fear to Tread, Writing a TV Show About Jesus. Um, and here it's, uh, interview by Emily Blaz in, uh, Mid Midlothian, Texas. Screenwriters for the children wanted a main character who is not like Superman. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, that's good. And it's from November 18th, 2022. 20, all right, so let's begin. All right, so let's begin. All right. Ryan Swanson and Taylor Thompson, along with director Dallas Jenkins, writes the hit show, The Chosen, a drama about Jesus' life through the eyes of his disciples that has millions of views and has been translated into more than 50 languages. The show's third season premieres November 18th, with four more seasons planned. Jenkins is usually the public face of the show, but C.T., Christianity Day, spoke with Swanson and Thompson at the show's production location in Midlothian, Texas, this summer, when they were shooting their uh, version of Biblical Story of Jesus, feeding the 5,000 for season three. The thousands of extras were all fans of the show who contributed to the crowdfunded show or who won a raffle. Uh, okay, I will skip this part here. You have, this is the question now, the interviewer, you have some experience in Hollywood. How does it make you feel that the Hollywood gatekeepers like Var- Variety haven't acknowledged this show much? Taylor Thompson's uh, answer, I don't take it personally that they haven't, that they haven't, they have good reasons to be suspicious of it because it does, it doesn't really make sense. The whole business model, the app, the app of it all has, uh, hasn't been a large acknowledgement in the Hollywood press, but we do know it's being discussed in the boardrooms. <laughs> it's that's interesting. They, they don't want to acknowledge it because um, in my view, it's the culture. It's the woke culture. It's the Hollywood culture. It's the, um, the whole LGBT culture. And it's also the fact that it, it's also the fact of the political environment that we're in Uh, with the MAGA movement, um, we're, we're at a culture war right now in America. You have to, you can't ignore that. You you know, we're in a culture war and there's a hostility against religion. There's also this whole transitioning thing of kids and everything. It's an anti family America now. We're living in a very anti family America. It's a war against the family. It's the idea of reinterpreting the family, breaking up the family. We see this in what's happening in the schools, right? Your kids are rules, right? You you may you may uh, give birth to them, but we're going to transition them. We're gonna we're going to introduce in, introduce them to uh, LGBT lifestyle. We're going to ex- sexually exploit your kids. We're going to um, transition their sexuality. We're going to introduce them to non-binary, you know, things like that. It's all, you know, and, and Christianity, the Christian faith cannot get in the way. I mean, look what's happening now in Michigan with the Muslims, with Muslim community. I mean, Dearborn, Michigan has the largest Middle Eastern Islamic community. And they, they're they now at locker heads with the schools, with the public schools, who are exposing their kids to the alternative lifestyle, to LGBTQ, non-binary, uh, you know, pronouns, everything. Which is against Islam because the majority of the Muslims there, they don't want this. They don't want this crap. They don't want their kids. So it, this is a, cult, a war against faith. A war against the Christian faith, a war against conservatives, conservative culture, conservative life and thinking and morality and beliefs. All right, let's continue. Ryan Swanson's um response. the first one was Taylor Thompson. Now it's Ryan Swanson. If it was if it was blowing up, it doesn't feel like it. Would it hit it, uh would hit us for a while? If it was blowing up, Meaning the the whole thing about the chosen the chosen uh, on the app and everything. If it was blowing blowing up, it doesn't feel like it wouldn't hit us for a while. And then Taylor Thompson, yeah, there's the show, and then there's all the noise around the show, the Bible study booklet, booklets, calendars, documentaries. We stay uh, we stay isolated from the social media hype than uh, Ryan Swanson. It it has been nice in a lot of ways to grow at our own pace. Taylor Thompson's response, we have our very uh, tight writer's room of three. And there are some, uh, there, are, there are many outside forces speaking into it. But it's really just us. Then the uh, CT's uh, question, so you haven't so you have she- sheltered, sheltered yourselves a little bit from the Christian industrial complex. Taylor Thompson's response, we don't cater to that complex. We just make what we think is a good show with professional actors who are, who are Middle Eastern and people of color. And we hire professional directors of photography and professional crew. And then here the uh, CTS question: Evangelicals are arguing all the time, but it seems like you have been able to mostly avoid being the center of controversy if you don't. Uh, if you don't read the the comments section. Taylor Thompson's response: The world is a great place if you never read the comments. Ryan Swanson, I don't know how these. Evangelical arguments go. I grew up in a Swedish Lutheran house. We go to church and we do church bazaars and sell uh, sell cube st- uh, steaks. And then I w- then uh, um then I went to work in Hollywood, but the shows um show revolves around events from the Bible, and we don't uh, take a, a, a a uh dictated approach. Taylor Thompson. That was Ryan Swanson now this Taylor Thompson. Right. So it's not preaching. You can't extract meaning. People can sense when they're being manipulated or told to believe a certain thing. The chosen it's just an entertainment. It's about character, plot and story. That's a good that's a good way of looking at it. Ryan Swanson It's never our uh, organizing principles. How can we do this differently, or or how can we turn turn the turn Christianity on its uh, head? That's the uh, that. uh, I'm sorry. Turn Christianity on its head. The source material. It's immovable. Taylor Thompson, and it's not just pushing particular theology. If there's any theology that we're trying to uh, amplify, I would say it's a less heightened Christology. Interesting. That's Taylor Thompson's response. Ryan Swanson, then Taylor Some people, okay, this is continuing from Taylor Thompson. Okay, let me go back again. It's not pushing a particular theology. If there's any theology that we're trying to amplify, I would say it's less heightened Christology. Some people have this very high Christological Christology like there's no way Jesus would have prepared it for a sermon. I'm, I'm here to emphasize Jesus humanity, where portrayed uh, we we, we, you know, we portrayed Jesus as a very I'm sorry. We portray. Okay, let me go back again. It's, just, uh, it's kind of hard because when you get the each one giving his own answer. This is Taylor Thompson. It's not pushing a particular theology. If there's any theology we're trying to amplify, I would say it's less heightened Christology. Some people have this very high Christology, like there's no way Jesus would have prepared for a sermon. But I'm here to emphasize Jesus' humanity. We've portrayed Jesus as a very relatable character, who can crack jokes uh make makes fart noises to to entertain kids and most people love that but some people think that that that's irre- irreverent we just want to portray something that's was very human all right that's uh <laughs> that's a little crossing the line there but <clears throat> of course he had a human body. He went to the bathroom. He would have burped, <clears throat> and I'm sure had all the other bodily functions. Uh, saying uh, not going too far into it, and of course, he was every way he was God, and he was human. And I think a lot of, um, I think even with a lot of Catholics, they they have a problem understanding how human he was. He was in every way human, but he was also in every way still God. It doesn't stop. It didn't stop him. He had to eat. And yes, he had to go to the bathroom. He had to clean. He had to um, clean those things and, and, and be respectful. I mean, you know, you know, you know, like as a baby, he had to have his bite diapers changed, right? But I think people have a very dangerous misconception of what, of what and who he is. You know, he was God. He he is God, and he is human. And that's the way it was. I mean, that's that is how God chose to do it. He chose to do that. He chose to be born of a woman. He he had to have his diapers changed. He had to be taught how to walk, even though. As God, he would have done it quite easily. Um, He was thirsty, right? Even though as God, he could get rid of his thirst. But he chose to be thirsty. He chose to be angry. He is God. And there's none other. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's an amazing... That's why I don't try to go into the whole human and divine thing too much, but in a sense you have to mem- mem- memorize it. I don't like it when they portray something different when they show something that's contrary to the scriptures, contrary to, to I mean it's, it like I said it overwhelms you, it overwhelms you when you think about it and it's beautiful Alright, let's continue um, Yeah, so we just want to portray something that was very human, but here goes uh here's the um, Christianity today i did I did notice Jesus laughs a lot in the show. Taylor Thompson, we're not telling people this is what happened, but if we if we're talking about someone who's fully God and fully man, then all these emotions are there. He displayed. All these other emotions, fear in the Garden of Gethsemane, saying, let this cup pass from me. He's effectively saying, I don't want to do this. Is there another way? That's a very human emotion. He expresses disappointment in, in his friends. You couldn't have waited up and watched with me for one hour. Remember that. And, okay, uh, this is Ryan uh, Swanson. He cursed a tree because he was hungry. What made you want to bring a more human Christology to the show, Taylor Thompson? This is that was Christianity Today, Taylor Thompson. I think. I think our hatred of Superman. We all we all we're, we all agree that Superman is the worst superhero. <laughs> It's true. In, in in many cases, he's a very hard character to write in comic books because, you know, um uh, he's the kid from Kansas, but at the same time, he almost has godlike powers. Um uh, and there's also a naiveness about him. He's got super breath, super speed. Um he's not he's not from earth. He's from Krypton and kryptonite only, uh, hurts him. Uh, at the same time, there's so much, I mean, you know, how do you write something like this? And, you know, and one thing about the comic books, um, this is, this is, uh, this is true. They're always reinventing. They're always recreating their, their characters. They're always, um, they destroy their canon And then recreate their canon, and then now with Superman, he's being pushed aside. But his he they have him married to Lois Lane, they have a kid, a boy, uh, and he Superman took a back seat, and his son became the new Superman. But he's LG, you know, he's he's a member, he's bisexual. He um, likes men, wants men and one's women, you know, he or something like that, whatever. He's gay. He's in a gay relationship now. His son, uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, is a new series. And basically what, what turns out DC is doing this because they want to try to avoid the lawsuit of the family who created Superman. It's really pathetic, but they do this all the time. They, they destroy their canon and then come up with a whole new canon. And how many times they, they, they did these earth shattering epic battles. And then that will change the Marvel or DC universe forever. And it turns out, no, they're not going to change anything because this is a business. These are properties. They're not, they're not, they're not your mythology they're a corporate mythology and people and i think that's why people are turning away because their mythology is not theirs it belongs to an industry okay so the hatred for superman that he's the worst superhero ryan swanson to write as writers he always needs a proxy to suffer so lois has to be in trouble or metropolis at the end of the day we're setting up the script to service Dallas's vision. And although we write as a team, Dallas does run the show. Okay, that was Ryan Swanson. How How do you approach a character development? Ryan Swanson. What do we know that might suggest or ins- insinuate some motive? Fear, vulnerability, or strength. In the case of Philip, who had... Previously followed John the Baptist, we started to imagine, okay, he's done this before. He's probably seen some of the uh hairier stuff than what these disciples have seen. He'll be he'll be in an, an old hand. What we know from scripture we're limited. Okay. Ryan Swanson. To uh, to Thompson, do you remember that document that Dallas had sent us early on, Taylor Thompson, a document with what we know about each disciple? Peter was so directly called by Jesus, and then you have somebody like Simon the Zealot, about whom three words are written, and, the, and those were Simon the Zealot. When you when you're thinking about character development. We know that all our Jewish characters grew up with their necks under the boot of Rome. They have generations of trauma in Judaism that needs to, no explanation: Egypt, the slavery, and the exile in Babylon. So we don't have to make up a trauma backstory because it's generational. It's a very it's it's uh, very much passed down in their liturgy. Very smart, you see? And, I mean, this is also a great way of doing Bible study to to, to understand this. Does it cut off... Okay, the, that was Taylor Thompson, now the CT, Christianity Today. Does, does it cut off any career opportunities for you to work on a Christian show? Ryan Swanson, maybe. At the beginning, it was unknown. There was risk for everybody involved. Every working... You see... See what the, the person asks, does it cut off career opportunities for you to work on a, on a Christian show? Why should that be a problem? Why should that happen? That's because Hollywood is a very liberal place. I mean, come on. They just talked about, there's more coming out about a pedophilia culture in Hollywood. Remember Jeffrey Epstein? And then you had the Harry, Harvey Weinstein scandal. Jeffrey Epstein worked with the most, I mean, he walked into the doors of the most powerful people in Hollywood. Polit- not Hollywood, but in, in the world. Pol- political as well as in the, in, in the entertainment industry. This is basically a libertine culture. A libertine is an immoral world, an immoral culture, with an immoral understanding of more, uh, of faith. Of, you know, they don't care about they don't care about that. Sex and dominance is all they care about. Faith gets in their way. Morality exposes exposes their 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 sinful nature. They don't like that. These guys, I think what's happening now is that we're creating a sub-economic culture, an alternative economic culture and an alternative uh, industry. Something that Hollywood and Wall Street and politics is not going to like. You know... Right now, you see CNN and all the other news outlets—they're losing audiences. Even Fox News is losing audiences. So now, a sub-economic subculture is being born—an alternative culture, uh, um, you know—that that everybody relates to the, um, uh, to 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 basically, you know, a sub a sub-economic culture, a a, a conservative patriotic populist culture, a populist economy. I mean, the news outlets are losing now because of the internet. We're able to create our own news outlets. You know, uh, CNN is losing uh, ratings. Fox News is losing ratings. People are looking out. Something fell off my wall. Sorry. Okay. Okay. It's, a, it's it's basically now it's being done with podcasts, YouTube you have YouTube but now Rumble is coming along as soon as these apps become more available it's going to pull it's going to um, I would say because of the cancel culture and you see now what Elon Musk did he's pulling he's you no know, they're pulling away. This is something that has to happen. Now, with Twitter, these, all these, uh, woke nonsense, they're going to something called ma- uh, Mastodon. Mastodon is, uh, an alternative Twitter for the woke Nazis, for all the old woke crowd. And guess what they're doing? They're finally, they're, it's finally showing. They're all pointing to each other, canceling each other out this person telling this person should be canceled out of it uh, because they don't agree with each other. And that's basically what Elon Musk is pointing out to. Their own ideology is their own cancer. So they're going off to, to another alternative Twitter, their own vacuum, and it's basically a revolving shooting squad against each other. This person doesn't like this person, doesn't like what this person says or what this person's politics are. So shoot this person, cancel this person. That person's pointing to the other person and then back again to the A to B to C to D and back again, all over again to A. How can you, who can live in that kind of world? It's be, This is because of the neo-Marxist idea it's a me world my ideology has to prevail against yours you have to agree with me i uh and i'm the one who's more moral than you there's no you know it's not an open it's not an open uh it's not an open you know a, a, a democratic it's not it's not an equal platform and it's and it's, and uh elon musk proved it okay so does it, does it cut off any career opportunities for you to work on a Christian show, Ryan Swanson? Maybe at the beginning it was unknown. There were there was a risk, for everybody involved, every working Hollywood professional. It's branded as something. It sounds cheesy, but this has this has felt like home dallas has never strung, uh, strung me along he introduced me to tyler who has been a better writing partner than i could have ever imagined i put my faith in people who are behind the project even when i had no idea how the marketing thing was going to the marketing was going to work how this app was going to work every time it's been proven to me that everybody does their job better than me, except my job. This is the only job I'm qualified to do. Okay, that was um, Ryan Swanson. This is Taylor Thompson. Someone asked me the other day how, how it's funded. And I was like, I don't know. I don't understand the funding model. Okay, Christianity Today. Speaking of which, you're surrounded by people who donated to the show right now. What's it like to be on set with thousands of fans? Ryan, uh, Ryan Swanson, I can walk through here. No one knows who I am. <laughs> I guess that could be the greatest thing in the world. Taylor Thompson, that's the best part about being a writer is that you get to do your creative work in solitude and people don't conflate you with your work. Those actors, they're recognizable all over the world now. And people can conflate Matthew and Paris, Fidel, or Jonathan Rumi and Jesus. People don't scrutinize our lives the way that the actors are scrutinized. Christianity Today. Do you have favorite episodes you worked on? Ryan Swanson. It's actually the same episode for both of us. Season 1 and episode Two, we realize we we're both uh, seeing the same movie in our, our, in our heads, that final coda where we, you know, where we checked in with all the characters, all the Shabbat dinners. It's one thing to crank out a specific script where you might have a bunch of ideas and, the pro- um, and promise of a series. This episode, we had to buck up and write a series based on the pilot we've introduced, and so that on one felt like, hey, we can do this. We found that every season since that episode two is kind of a place where the storyline gets galvanized. Tyler Thompson, in our life, it's been infamously, uh, infamously always. It's in our life. It's been infamously always. The hardest one to write six is really hard. So two and six Ryan Swanson. It's it's if it's eight episodes, the second one is the end of act one. And then episode six is the end of act two. So you have to start to wrap something up. A choice is made. The road behind them closes, closes off point of no return. It's reached. How, okay, and now Christianity, how does three of you write together? Three of you. Okay, I'm guessing Jal Jenkins is involved. Ryan Swanson, we're an assembly line. We plot out the whole season at a retreat and then par, parse that out to eight in increments. And then I peel off and do an outline. That's, that was Ryan Swanson. Taylor Taylor Thompson, Then I write first draft of the outlines. I hand it off to Ryan and he works on it. And then it gets handed off to Dallas. Meanwhile, as soon as I hand off episode two to Ryan, excuse me, then I'm working on episode three and Dallas is working on, on episode one. I guess it makes sense because I've wondered why couldn't it be 12 episodes, but you got to remember they are crowdfunded. So, it's good that you have a set of episodes for each season and then you like writers often look at how they ended last season and they follow a, a, a plot line where you begin with part one, act one, act two, and then you kind of like, it's like, I guess you can break it off into three parts, you know, you follow a set narration. And, it, you know, in a sense, you don't stretch yourself out thin because, you know, and it's good. They already figured, they already know how the story is supposed to end. What's important is that they work on the meat and potatoes. They work on the parts they can fill in without contradicting the story. And, I, you know, I, you know, it's it's kind of like, it's a little bit like a comic book, but it's a little, you know, but it's more you know again it's it's visual comic books are visual uh a tv series is visual but you know you just follow a particular formula you just don't make sh- you just make sure you don't repeat yourself now like in season 3 it, the the temperature is higher we began with the sermon on the mountain and now they're going to they're going to begin to be sent out on their mission and they're going to be tested now the theme is basically forgiveness because i saw it matthew wants to go and ask his father for forgiveness you're going to notice his father and he's going to be surprised when he gets home andrew goes and asks mary magdalene for forgiveness because the way he treated her in season 2 and then you're going to have Simon Z uh, realizing that his involvement in that last cult, the, the zealots, is going to come back to haunt him. And also the fact that he was planning to go out and kill a Roman magistrate is all coming back to haunt him. Then you're going to have like, again, it's it's going to, it's, it's, they're they're basically who they are. Now we're going to find out also a little bit more about Philip's background, and we're going to find out a little bit more like now we're going to the consequences of Simon Peter following Jesus, and the and the consequences of being a married man. Then we're gonna then the theme counter that with the reflection of Rama and Thomas, Apostle Thomas and Rama their relationship and they're going to, he's going to have to go and face her father. You see, it builds up. It builds up within like each way you keep, you fill in the gaps, you fill in the chapters a little bit. Now we're going to have situation with Nathaniel. We're going to find out a little bit more about his background and things like that. And also the chapters are going to be fulfilled a little bit more with this Atticus who's after Thomas and then the whole thing with uh, Gaius. We're going to pick up how Gaius was affected by the Sermon on the Mountain, who was Matthew's uh, protector, Roman protector. And then we're going to have the situation with um, Quintus and the Pharisees. So it, you know, you have the subplot stories, but they're all related with with uh, with with you know around Jesus, revolving around Jesus, who's the center of their, of of their life-changing event. So I like their working method. They all, it's like a Kimberra belt and they get back and they, they they have discussions they have, like they go far away. They get away from the crowd and they keep it uh, on a three man team. I'm sure they have other people working with them too. So anyway, Ryan Swanson continues after uh, the last part is, and Dallas is working on episode one. Ryan Swanson, and by Dallas Pass, there's words from all three of us, Taylor Thompson. After Dallas, the draft goes to our three biblical consultants. Great, and then we get back, we get back pages and pages and pages of notes. What feedback? Okay, question from Christianity Today. That was Taylor Thompson. What feedback do you get from your biblical consultants, Ryan Swanson? Divine. Divine pronoun. Okay, well, let's see what he says here. Taylor, uh, that was Ryan Swanson, Taylor Thompson. A lot of capitalizing his. The scripts eventually are used in the subtitling process, and there is a huge swath of Americans still hanging on to the divine pronouns. And when they watch it with the subtitles on, people have screenshots so proud of the chosen for using the divine pronouns. It's a whole thing, okay? That's I, you know I see what you mean. Like he is capitalized H, capitalized H. His is capitalized. Uh, um, you know, um, it's you know it, it's basically I think it, it that's a good thing. It shows that people have respect when they talk when they talk about God, Christ, the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's go on here. Ryan Swanson, the bigger notes sometimes they're great. These are all learned scholars and well-intended notes, but we don't always use them. Uh, Taylor Thompson. Sometimes we're we're like, great, thank you, we'll fix it. And then on the other times, you're like, thanks for pointing that out. This is a plausible fiction, so we're going to put this down ten miles north of where you you were saying it should be they point out geographical problems with roads and north south east west stuff we do our best with with that that was this is taylor thompson taylor thompson we're not a church we're not a ministry we're not a bible study we're just entertainment if they sent a note that's like this is blatantly unbiblical we would really pay attention to that but we're never really gotten into much trouble because we're so careful. Ryan Swanson, we're certainly oh, that was Taylor Thompson, that's Ryan Swanson. So we're certainly never ill intentioned. But ignorance can do as much harm as bad as bad intention if we don't at least try to understand. So that's why we're that's why we we bring the scholars in. Sometimes you have to say, We made a choice for a show. We can we can't have intention, but this isn't this is this line is going to save somebody or is going to lift somebody up at their lowest moment, which is a feedback we've we've had. Okay, we're almost near the end here. Taylor Thompson Ryan uh, Ryan always says the answer can never be because of, because God. There's there has to be some very human and plot related things that lead characters to their decision. So I understand what they're saying. I mean, it is is entertainment, but they're trying to be as cautious as they can. They're trying to be as accurate as they can. And they're trying the best they can to, like, you know, not to um, cross the line on a doctrinal or biblical or theological um, situation. So it makes sense. It makes sense of what they're saying. It makes sense of what they're trying to do. And I think that's something respectful. Uh, you know, in a sense that I think it's wonderful. Let me see here. there was supposed to be something else here. Maybe we could touch upon it. Let me see. Going back here to the beginning. Oh, here. Um, let me see here. This is a coverage of the shoot of the shoot uh, when, they, when they were filming here. Oh, this is going back to the Christmas uh, Chosen is, okay, hold on. I'm sorry, no. The real miracle on the set of The Chosen is is Christians coming together. That's great. Okay, let's see here. I think this is, yes, uh, this is by Emily Bliz in Midloth- Mid- Midlothian, Texas. Okay, let's see here uh okay let me see um okay here Andrew Chang and Katherine Williams had their impromptu wedding near crafts uh, craft services right before shooting a scene in the chosen of the feed, feeding of the 5000. this is last season season no this is now the scene for season three the extras like so many Christians on the set, And so many viewers around the world were surprised at the close community they found in their hit show. Okay, let me see here. Let's see if we can get it. Okay, hold on. Oh, don't tell me I have to. I have to create an account here. I'm not. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't know this. Were they going to do this? I guess maybe they. I guess, I guess you have to subscribe. I haven't done it. But anyway, I, I'm not going to do this right now. But it's great that it's bringing people together. It's great that they have uh, theologians and they have other, you know, uh, working with them. And it's not choosing any particular um, theological thing. I mean, for season three, they're going to touch upon... Uh, Jesus' brothers and sisters. I hope that they because the term brothers and sisters in Hebrew and Arabic, there is no word for cousin. And it doesn't say that Mary had more children, like with Joseph. It doesn't say that. Just because it says she he has brothers and sisters does not imply that they're sons of his mother. It doesn't say that, and they have to be very, very serious. I mean, you know, be careful with it. Um, we're going to see. We're going to see how this how this touches upon it. But, you know, as a Catholic, I'm disappointed that Catholics are not as much involved in it. I mean, not, not many Catholics have been involved in it, and I think it's sad. Um Jonathan Rumi is Catholic. I, I love the fact that Father Chris Alaw of the Marians of the Divine Mercy, he loves the show. And this is something, you know, I think it's helpful. It's uplifting. People need it. It's amazing how, how something like this came around at a time like this. It shows you that God doesn't abandon his people. He knows what they need. And he, God uses art to communicate the gospel. Because remember, as Catholics, we have to remember this, and I think some Protestants have a problem with this. The incarnation, the word becoming flesh, also expresses art. Art. You know, as Saint John of Damascus said, the word became flesh, so I, I took, in other words, he became human, so I God took on a human face, so I can paint a human image of God. I can paint an image of God, and that's great, that's wonderful. All right, so I'm glad we, uh, we got to this article. I'll see if there's any more. All right, so I'll get back with more. God bless.